Listen, Jefferson, let me ask you something. How come you always have money? Well, there's no trick to it, Al. Did you ever see the ad, Madam Zelda can make you rich with your personal lucky numbers? You mean Madam Zelda sends you lucky numbers? No. I'm Madam Zelda. I sell the numbers. You? Yeah. Well, how can you take money from poor, unsuspecting people? I'm a thief. Love me for what I am. <laughs> but this is just between us, right? I'm a squealer. <laughs> Love me for what I am. <laughs> or cut me in. <laughs> Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. That's right, we're back, but you knew that already because you're all a bunch of little psychics. My name is Al. Now, I just want to remind everyone, for $5, you could join our Patreon and get all our exclusive shows. And for 50 you can have me if you want. <laughs> that really didn't sound the way I thought it would. <laughs> I mean, you know, like sexually. Now that makes it better. That makes it a lot better. Is that what she was implying, that old bag? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm Jamie. Beanie, meanie, chili beanie. The spirits are about to speak. See, now that was a good opening line, Jamie. I can kill with my tongue. <laughs> and I'm Aaron. Let it be noted, the stars say I'm handsomer than yesterday. It's the hair, man. It's got to be the hair. Hope so. <laughs> you mean sexually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for explaining. That was supposed to be a tie-in to Alex's. <laughs> yep. Okay. I was just saying that anyway. Uh, so we are reviewing Psychic Avengers, Married with Children, Season 6, Episode 19, original air date, March 1st, 1992. Psychic Avengers, the Bundys take on all the psychic families of the region when Al takes over Jefferson's psychic prediction scam. Director, Amanda Burse, that's Marcy Darcy. Writer, Calvin Brown Jr. Special guest stars... Candace Azaria as Madame Inga, Travis Venable as Big Bob, Stephen Trevor as Zelmo, Andy Flaster as Thursday Markowitz, ZZ Clark as Hackbar, Lady Uday as Psychic One, Barbara Perry as Old Lady, the one who's selling herself for $50, and Kevin Curran as himself, Buck the Man, they call him. You know something interesting? I seen that the chick that plays um, Madame Inga... I was looking at her IMDb, and in the movie Catch Me If You Can, she plays a character named Darcy. O-M-G. <laughs> she was also in Easy Money with Rodney Dangerfield, which means nothing. I just happened to notice <laughs> well, that. Well, you're a big Rodney Dangerfield fan, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I get no respect, though. I am. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. All right. This episode is a spoof on the Psychic Friends Network infomercials, which figured prominently on late night TV from 1991 to 1998. 
Uh, it was hosted by Dion Warwick and featured Linda Georgian. Oh my goodness, I just that that springs back so many memories as the star psychic. Although highly profitable, the network declared bankruptcy in 1998. Seven years later, it's a good run. Yeah. And uh, Amanda Bears, yes, she directed this episode, but we don't see Marcy at all. We do, however, see Jefferson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He has a big role in this one. Uh, yeah, quite a bit. Like it's it's. But yeah, that's funny because I, I mean, I and they don't even mention her, which I think is weird because I'm wondering where is she when he's doing all of this. Like, right. Seems like you'd see her so at some point. Well, I love his role in this episode because it's kind of like the we're getting. I think that was a good turning point. Um. When Steve, the egg and I, when he came back and, you know, tried to challenge their relationship because uh, he was cool in that episode and and him and Al were good buddies in the episode prior. And um, now he's a badass again because he's like cheating people out of money. So that's badass. Oh, yeah, it's badass, man. (laughs) His character arc is really uh, taking a turn for the better, I feel. What do you guys think? Yeah, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's cooler. It's He's not such a like a little weasel, you know? It, it's kind of interesting because it's like when I was plowing through all these episodes, um, when I went back to rewatch it over the last year or so, ever since, um, you know, really started getting into the podcast, mm-hmm. I remember from when I watched Married with Children when I was a kid, and when it was just on TV, you know, I didn't watch it regularly by any stretch. Um, right. But I notice a lot of people seem like this where they're like, wow, I don't I barely remember Steve, but I remember a lot of Jefferson and thinking Jefferson was like the cool guy and him and Al were best friends and blah, blah, right. blah. And when he's first introduced on the show, it's kind of like, wait a minute, when did we get into that stuff where Jefferson's awesome? And, you know, we're definitely starting to get into that area where it's like your childhood. It's like, OK, I did remember that correctly. Just took a little longer to get there than i realized yeah i felt the same way i never watched any of this in order either so i don't know like when i saw these types episodes i just uh figured that was oh well that's just today i guess but Mm -hmm. now that i'm watching them all in order it's like no this is a long stretch of him and al not being buds and him not being cool or uh you know big into the scamming people like dark side of jefferson type deal Mm-hmm. He's more of a weenie the whole time. Now I'm starting to see this evolution, and I and that's cool. So hey, you know they just uh, they're feeling them out, and now they're getting to what we all know and love. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. The Bundys are all leaving the house in fear of Al's reaction and learning that they can no longer afford a TV guide. Come on, Buck. What's keeping you? I misplaced my dead bird. If you don't mind. <laughs> Look, we can get another dog on the road. I just do not want to be here when Daddy finds out the awful truth, that we can no longer afford a TV guide. Oh. He just might run amok again. I think we all remember the great toilet paper scare of 86. Where was I? Well, let's see, 86. All your friends were discovering girls, so I believe that you were up in your room trying to decide which shirt goes with nothing to do. You are lucky you weren't here The market ran out of Aurora White And I had to buy the house brand 
I even put it in the old Aurora wrapping. But oh, he knew at first touch. <laughs> God, it was terrible. Him running around with his pants down around his ankles, screaming to the heavens. It was the last bridge party I ever had. Like, I wouldn't care about using the house brand necessarily, but what I would care and what I did care about, my wife, earlier this year, for some reason, I don't know. Like, I normally buy the toilet paper, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be Charmin, Charmin or anything, but she <laughs> she comes home with one ply. Oh, like Scott? Yeah. And I'm like, well, what the hell is this? And then she's like, oh, oh, whatever. Just use it. Then we'll get a different one when we're done. And I was like, okay. And that was the longest three months of my life. <laughs> Jesus, how much toilet paper does she get? She gets a 24-pack, and, you know, with only two people in the house, that could last. <laughs> Dude, I mean, there's two people, uh, but, like, I guess I just have a really digestive, uh, healthy digestive system, because I feel like like three months, like... Well, I barely eat. Yeah, you got, you. that's a problem, man. <laughs> <laughs> three months, 24 rolls last three months. Lord, like... I mean, but you're I'm, also, I'm, the two of you are also not home a lot. Yeah, I go to the bathroom at work. Yeah, there's nothing like going at work. Like, I know I was like, I've been out and about before and knew I was going to be out the rest of the night, but stopped into work and just, and just <laughs> like went there. <laughs> it's the old thing. My boss makes a dollar. I make a dime. That's why I crap on company time. Wow, that's incredible. I've never heard that. Alex, did you write that? Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to write it down right now. Yep, I just wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> so, they want to, they hope Al comes home in a good mood. Uh-oh. I hear the sound of a muffler scraping ground. Dad's home. What do we do? What do we do? Uh, just act calm. <laughs> I know. We'll put out an old TV guide. Maybe it'll buy us some time. Maybe we're worried about nothing. I mean, maybe he'll come home in a good mood. Why doesn't the world die? <laughs> so far, so good. There was a fire in the mall today. 20 stores went up, but guess where they were able to stop the fire? <laughs> yes, the shoe store. So I don't get any days off, but... I should be raking it in because it's well known. Women just love to tromp through burnout malls just to buy shoes that used to be cats from a guy that used to be a man. That is a, that is a great thing to come up with. Yeah, I like that. Like it's not laugh out loud hilarious, but it is a really like interest like a good thought out joke. When they first are talking about this TV guide stuff, I was like, man, they're just really trying to write something. And, you know, like we all do, I I was like, I hope this whole episode's not centered around a TV guide sort of thing. And thankfully it wasn't that part of the writing where it was like, why does when he said that it was just his store that was left? That's clever. I thought that was pretty clever. You know what? That's funny that you should say that, because in the beginning of the episode, I was thinking, I wonder if this is one of those episodes that starts out as something and then it ends up as something else. Yeah, and I was like, I kind of hope it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I should be better equipped for this stuff by now. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, yeah, it's it, well, the, it's a bit. It harkens back to when Al opened up that one episode where he had a noose around his neck. He's about to pay taxes, and the whole episode like that's the Kickstarter for him not turning Steven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this is TV Guide, and that's the Kickstarter for why Al now will go an extra mile for money. So for some reason, they just felt he needed motivation. So, um, and uh, the other reason I believe is that the Bundys actually really do like the TV Guide because they were on the TV Guide. Uh, I have that. Just type in uh, "Married with Children" TV Guide cover, and I have that TV Guide. It's in like a nice plastic wrap. It's in the man cave. Looks good. What was the date on that TV Guide? <clears throat> I knew you were going to ask that. I was like, why didn't I look that up? Hold on. Because it'd be interesting to know, like, just shot in the dark here, if. The TV Guide and this episode were released around the same time, so in a way they were almost promoting how great the TV Guide is with them on it. Ah! Uh, that would be cool, but no. Oh. This is like season three, Married with Children. And, but then again, Peg does come back for a TV Guide cover, just her, dressed up as Santa Claus, Mrs. Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And that looks more recent. I can't get it. December 1992. Yeah, but this was in March. Maybe they shoot the the covers really early for TV. <laughs> like I don't, I doubt they would do it nine months early. But yeah, <clears throat> let's see. If it was December of ninety two, and this show was March of ninety two, yeah, that first one was nineteen eighty nine, July of eighty nine. So yeah, they've been on twice. So they they are cool with TV Guide. You know how sometimes they come up with fake products and stuff? So it was cool to actually see a legit one, like the Playboy episode. Yeah. So that's cool. All I want to do is curl up on the couch with a nice TV guide. <laughs> oh, man, they put Starsky and Hutch back on the air. <laughs> Finally, my letters mean something. <laughs> yeah, a little dark hair, one got fat. <laughs> Roseanne! <laughs> what madness is this? Uh, honey, we have a confession to make. They raised the cost of heating, and we can't afford to buy a new TV guide. <laughs> I don't see... I never, it, it was interesting to me that Al was so broken up about the fact that they couldn't afford uh, the 79-cent TV guide every week right. and stuff. You know, there were some good jokes because of it. Like, I love the Starsky and Hutch thing, how it kind of rolled into that Roseanne burn that he had. Like, that was brutally funny. But I was almost thinking, like, from my perspective, if I would have wrote it, it would have made more sense for the character of Al for them to say, that, like, they had to cancel cancel a subscription to Biggins or something like that. Like, it would have been a much more drastic thing in the life of Al where the TV guide... I don't know. For me, it, it sort of felt a little left field. Right, except for the reference I already made about them being on it, yeah. Right. I guess I guess so. Speaking of Starsky and Hutch, the funny thing about that is he references a little, like, a little bit later that he has a 1972 TV guide, which I think is just kind of an off-the-cuff. I honestly think that's just a, you know, it's just a joke. Anyway, because Starsky and Hutch didn't premiere until 1975. Right, so... <laughs> So he's like, he should have said 75 at least. Yeah, but I think it's just one of those things like, you know, where you overshoot things on purpose just for comedic effect, you know. 
like, you know, I have a 1918 TV guide over here. And- I w- I, if I would have picked up on that, I probably would have known because, yeah, because they had a 75 or 76 Grand Torino. And if I would have heard 72 Starsky and Hutch, I would have remembered like, oh, yeah. 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 And just for the record, they were on the TV guide, I think, multiple times. One of the times was 1978. Um, so, yeah, they really were on. Al thinks that you could put a TV on, and just because it said it on the TV guide, it should be on right this second on the channel the TV Apparently. was on. <laughs> I even, I, when he did that, I'm like, so did he come home exactly at, like, prime time, or what? <laughs> and he, he didn't even look to see when it comes on, either. Nope. He just like, oh. <laughs> it's back, and that's it. And the channel, like, he just turns on the TV, so... <laughs> If it's not on the channel that I turn it on right now, it didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. If it's fat people, uh, then they all got fat on this show. It can't be Roseanne. So, yeah, we get another Roseanne burn. Uh, it's so funny because those shows we used to talk about, because they don't, they don't really do it no more, but they're so close. Uh, Roseanne's obviously grounded. This becomes a live-action cartoon. I don't think Roseanne really ever became that. Um, it got outlandish. I know, like that last season was really like, oh god. But yeah, the, and they went through that whole thing where they won the lottery, which was. But even that, it just wasn't. It it never got cartoonish. Right. It was just ridiculous grounded. Right. Yeah. They raised the cost of heating, and we can't afford to buy a new TV guide. <laughs> <laughs> Were they trying to see if that was going to catch on? Like, if that was going to become his thing, like Tim the Toolman Taylor did on Home Improvement? If they seen that, maybe were inspired by it and thought like, oh, Al can do this roar. Maybe people will like it and that'll be the new sound. Because anytime someone brings up Home Improvement, that show, everyone goes, uh-huh. like, yeah. you know. Oh, so my I God, wonder... that was really good. <laughs> well, thank you. Wait, do it again? <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> That's perfect. You're good, man. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Now I know I have one talent. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we should have brought you on. Yeah, for the home for a, when there's a home improvement podcast, <laughs> <laughs> you're the man. Yeah, but I wonder if they were trying to like experiment with that and then just sacked it after this episode. Yeah, throw it on the wall, see if it sticks. It's funny you say that because I was wondering the same thing. Like when he did it, I was like, I wonder. It's weird. We had the same train of thought. Like, I wonder if they're going to make, like, that's his thing. And, uh, yeah, I don't really recall it being a thing just for this episode. You know, I thought was funny is they can't record a record. They can't afford a TV guide, but they can afford to make a photo cutout of Buck (laughs) to hide behind. Right. I have that literally written in my notes. I'm like, hold on. (laughs) Me too. Where where am I at here? Uh how did the family afford a high-res cutout of Buck, but we're going to be able to afford a TV guide? <laughs> Amazing, right? Oh, it's so funny. And, like, like you couldn't scale back 79 cents on anything. You literally spent – now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure they spend every penny of Al's paycheck because there aren't many pennies to throw around. But at the same time, there's nothing – else in your life on a monthly or weekly basis that you could scale back 79 cents lower the house one degree like what the kids can't handle uh what 68 instead of 70 or you know whatever like come on math is hard and there's so many different ways you could hustle that dude i remember when i was in high school me and my buddy both we would like be like, hey, we want to go to Burger King or something when we get out of school neither me or him had money so we would just go up to like 
friends of ours or different groups of people or like a single individual person. And we'd say, Hey, you have a dollar I can borrow. And we would do that to about 10 different people. And we both had bucks by the end of it. And we would do that regularly. Did you ever pay back those dollars? Yeah. No, no. Everyone was always, you know, it was just like, Oh yeah, dollar. Here you go. You, you like, it's almost like they felt bad. for. Us. And you were like, you're like, yeah, yeah. Just $1. That's right. No big deal. Just you wait, man. Yeah, that's right. Don't don't even think about it. It's just a buck, man. Meanwhile, you're running around with $15. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to say I'm going to become a millionaire. And I said the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to ask a million people for $1 each. And there's no way they wouldn't give it to me, right? Yep. And I was like, there's no way that could go wrong. And we were sort of applying that concept. Just right. It, it was open opportunity. It was like, oh, we got a big cafeteria full of people. Let's <laughs> right. let's start hustling. And now I'm actually providing a service, and I still can't get 500 listeners to donate one dollar to our Patreon. So it really is impossible. <laughs> See, he can deal with it. Honey, it'll be okay. We could steal a newspaper and use their TV section. Are you insane? It's not the same. Does a newspaper fit snugly in your hands? Does it jeer? Does it cheer? <laughs> Are there articles about William Conrad and what he'll be doing on Circus of the Stars? I think not. <laughs> now look, for years, the only reason we had heat was for the kids. Now they're both over 18. I say, let them freeze. I want my TV guy. <laughs> It's 79 cents a week. I'm sorry, honey. Here, I thought it was a quarter. Are you going to throw a fit now, sweetie? Yes, I am. Well, kick some booty, honey. How long have we got? I'd say five, four, come on, kids, three, two, one. Oh, mighty one who created the heavens and the earth. And you who created my wife and kids. <laughs> Why dost thou torment me with a TV, but not a TV guide to enjoy it with? Arg! I have nothing! 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 Uh, excuse me, Mr. Woodpecker. <laughs> But have you seen a pathetic middle-aged shoe salesman with no reason to live? Jefferson, do you have 79 cents? Why? You paying off the house? <laughs> yeah, that was a, like a t uh, tie into like when Al owed $44 or something. And then he says he could sell the house or, or they could take our house. And she said, then we'd still owe 13 or 14 or something like that. <laughs> for a necessity. Now, what do you say? Do you have 79 cents? No. Uh, nope, nope, nothing but large denomination bills. I, I did have some quarters a few hours back, but I used them to feed the ducks. <laughs> if they eat enough of them, they sink. Sometimes I name them first. It's good you have a hobby. Yeah, well, I have no job. You gotta fill the hours of the day, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's why I do the shoe thing. <laughs> the closest thing I ever did to that, I was such a jerk, man. When I was in my 20s, I thought it was really funny to uh, 
I used to feed the the geese or ducks, whatever you want to call them. I don't even know what was there at the time because it was like 20 years ago. But I used to feed them Vicodins. What? <laughs> I, w- I would stuff Vicodins in wadded up pieces of white bread. And I would just throw it to the ducks that were, always came by to get fed. And I would just like to see them trip out. <laughs> That's funny on a couple levels level, because you know there's like a Vicodin addict or something that's going to listen to this that's going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you wasted it. <laughs> like, like if Matthew Perry hears this podcast, he's going to freak oh, out. Oh, a friend's jab. <laughs> yeah. You just fed you. You had so much. You had such a plethora of Vicodin, or you just didn't care so much. You literally fed it to ducks. I guess I didn't care for some that's reason. That's how in control of your. That's how unaddicted you were. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, you know what? I'm not addicted to this crap. I'm just doing it for fun. So let me flick a few to these ducks. And you know what? The best part is, <laughs> if you're a greedy duck who keeps taking all the food, then you're the one who's really gonna get messed up. <laughs> so it's like a penalty for the greedy duck who won't let anyone else eat. So I'm doing actually a, a service. Listen, Jefferson, let me ask you something. How come you always have money? And I just have a 1972 TV guide, which if CBS hadn't brought back all in the family, wouldn't be any use at all. <laughs> so how does Jefferson always have money, Al wonders? Now, I would have just assumed he took Marcy's money, but... Well, there's no trick to it, Al. Did you ever see the ad, Madam Zelda can make you rich with your personal lucky numbers? What do you mean, Madam Zelda sends you lucky numbers? Oh, I'm Madam Zelda. I sell the numbers. You? Yeah. That's pretty cool, actually. It's a, a really good way to supplement your income. I'm even thinking of doing it myself. I think that's kind of outdated, and <laughs> and nobody believes you anymore. we got to so, come up with a way to do this online. I Yeah, I know. We really do. Well, how can you take money from poor, unsuspecting people? I'm a thief. Love me for what I am. <laughs> But this is just between us, right? I'm a squealer. <laughs> Love me for what I am. <laughs> or cut me in. <laughs> and he will tell if uh, he does not get a cut now. He'll do the work, though, so that's pretty cool. Basically, he's just expanding, really. So Al is hiding this new venture from his family, yet proceeds to have a pile of money on the kitchen table. And that's where you go, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Brown, your lucky day is Wednesday. <laughs> Sign Madam Zelda. <laughs> well... Here's this morning's take. How you doing, Al? <laughs> How am I doing? I got two TV guides, baby. <laughs> yeah. Got one on the table and one in the bathroom. I'm rich. <laughs> oh, God, I've arrived. You know, I just love the feeling of suddenly being able to provide for my family. So you told them? Hell no. <laughs> you know, it's just good knowing I can provide for them. Mm-hmm. What if they find out? How are they going to find out? They're morons. Well, they might suspect something, but how are they going to catch me? Like, why, if this is a complete secret, why are you not doing this in your garage? Why aren't you doing it at Jefferson's house? Why aren't you doing it anywhere else besides in the middle of your kitchen table? Like, what, what, there's no way on earth Peg will ever come home or the kids will ever, I don't, I don't even understand what, what he's doing. Well, it's kind of a miracle she knows where the kitchen is. Yeah. 
She hangs out in there, though. We do know that. She just doesn't know what the kitchen's for. True story. <laughs> so, um, the th- the three of them are hiding behind this elaborate, amazingly high-quality cutout of Buck, which is uh, oversized by, like, four times or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Buck, it looks like a horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're all hiding behind it, sneaking. Like, why would they have to hide from Al? They're not the ones doing anything wrong. I would just walk right in. But they're all doing it to spy on him. Well, I think at that point they still think that he's raving about the TV guide because that's the first time we see them since they run out the door, right? Oh, yeah, maybe, right? Yep. So maybe they're just hiding so he don't yell at them. Well, I feel like because of the dialogue that comes later – that Peggy knows that Al's making money at this point. Maybe because they were they came home and expect him to be like in a war path and suddenly he was in a good mood and they noticed two TV guides. Ah. Mm-hmm. They might be trying to get to the bottom of it. Well, um Al's oblivious. He pets this thing. Says, hey Buck. <laughs> Buck boy. Uh Al. You know, I may as well admit it. I'm the only smart one in the family. <laughs> I mean, we got a woman so lame that she actually thinks when I groan during sex it has anything to do with her. <laughs> and Bud, he wouldn't know the house was on fire if it wasn't on Nick at night. <laughs> and the only reason Kelly got ahead is to keep rain out of her neck. <laughs> Kelly only has a head to keep rain out of her neck. <laughs> wow. The way they did that setup was really funny, too, because every time he insults one of them, their head pops up. Yeah. And he says it to Kelly. He says the thing about Kelly. And I thought that her that she wasn't going to get the joke, but they did it in such a way where it took her like a couple seconds. Then she yeah. pops up. Like, then she pops up and gives herself away in classic Kelly style where he's like, yep. hey, and then she's like, oh, shoot, and, and pops back down. Uh, but yeah, that was great. They did that whole delay there, so you can you know that Kelly's trying to process what he's saying. Because <laughs> a lot of times she doesn't know when people are making fun of her, and that's it's just perfect. So don't you don't want to break precedent. And her classic, hey, like we've we love that. And they do another classic line that's in our intro too that uh, I'm glad came back. <laughs> hey, but they are my family, and I. Uh... <laughs> really should tell them because I do love them if only they were home. All right, Al, can it? We just have three simple words for you. We want in. What's the third word, Mom? (laughs) Take Buck for a walk, honey. Come on, boy, we're going for a walk. (laughs) Now look here, Al. When I married you, it was for richer or poorer. Now, I thought we would try one, then the other, and then choose. Well, I believe we've gone just about as far as we can with poor. So if you think that you are moving on to rich without me... Uh, with, without us. Without me. <laughs> then you are cheaper and stupider than the shoes you sell. Let me confab with my partner. <laughs> That those are the three words she has for Al, and Kelly's wondering where the third word is. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys notice when uh, Jefferson and Al are mulling it over and stuff like that that it seemed like extremely eighty yard, like 
when like they're having the whisper back and forth, like extreme, like the, it looked like a, like a Japanese film. Like the lips did not match what was going on in the dialogue at all. Oh, you mean like the end of the episode where the chimps are talking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. They just, they, they had rented the studio that day to do it, to do the ADR over the chimps. And they thought, you know what? We better just, yeah. For that argument we have where, where we say, Hey, if, uh, if they call the cops, then we both get in trouble. <laughs> like they just have Jefferson say that, but I can't even imagine he really said it at that point. No, it just didn't no. look like it. Yeah. And it's so, it's so crystal clear and stuff, but their but their lips do not match it whatsoever. <laughs> Al is okay with them coming in. He was thinking of expanding anyway, so he doesn't really mind all that much. Al had a vision for how far they could take uh, scamming people. They cut to this whole business. They have a bunch of operators on the phone and everything, just scamming people with the psychic crap and picking numbers and all this stuff. And this old lady <laughs> is selling herself for $50. Uh, Madam Zelda Incorporated, how may the stars help you? Hello? Lucky days, $2. Lucky numbers, $5. Or you can get lucky with me for 50 <laughs> This is Barbara Perry. Steve Perry's mother. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I was, I'm, I'm like, I looking. was like, really? From Journey? Yeah, that's the dude from Journey's mother. She was in one of my favorite movies, Trancers, as Mrs. Santa Claus. She was in Father of the Bride, The Backup Plan, and Mr. Woodcock. Yeah, that's James Wood's movie. Yeah. She just recently died on May 5th, 2019, at age 97. I think we all have an uncle that looks like the guy in the blue shirt smoking the cigar. Oh, God. Like, I totally have an uncle that looks just like that. Even would wear shirts like that at that time. Yeah, I mean, this is a room full of rejects, man. Like, oh, my (laughs) God. Like, all these people are just unbelievable looking. And it doesn't get any better once you get these uh, supposed uh, more sophisticated types in. But we'll get there. Well, let me consult my crystal ball. Uh, it seems that your lucky day is Thursday. Your husband died on Thursday? Gee, I'm better than I thought. Beanie, meanie, chili beanie. The spirits are about to speak. Your lucky number is C. Oh, once again, she's tied into Rocky and Bullwinkle, just like when we heard it going on in her head. When she was supposed to be thinking about whether or not she should tell Peg that Al's cheating. <laughs> she says that the person's lucky number is C. I mean, I gotta say, though, her dumb person writing is really good in season six. I do like a lot of her dumb writing. Yeah. <laughs> this is better than women, Darcy. I mean, we are bigger than U.S. Steel. We are not. Well, the way the economy's going, we just might be. I don't, I don't like it. We should have kept it simple. You know, you get in, you get out, like sex. <laughs> that was a great quote. I like how Bud has, like, the the cliche accounting hat sort of thing on. Yeah. Yes. Theme. Dude, they're all cliche. You know, I actually looked up one time... Why that's a thing. Like, I don't know. It's just they always have, like, the armband, the cuffs... Yeah, 
the, you know, and, uh, and the little visor thing. And I actually looked up like, why, why do they wear those? Well, what was the answer? I yeah. don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I did though. I did look it up though, and then I was like, "Oh." Jamie does her show research seventeen years in advance, and then forgets it by the time it. <laughs> Long time ago that I did look that up, but I did look it up. <laughs> it's a type of visor that. Uh, wait, what is it? It was worn most often from the late nineteenth century to the mid twentieth century by accountants, telegraphers, copy editors, and other others engaged in vision-intensive, detail-oriented occupations to lessen eye strain due to early incandescent lights and candles, which tended to be harsh. Oh, what babies. Yeah, uh, because they were often worn by people involved in accounting, auditing, economics, and budgeting, they became associated with these activities, which is why then, you know, you see them in movies and TV shows and stuff. People wear If only they could have anticipated that, like, Later on, we were going to have our bright-ass screens on our phone in front of our eyes all the time. Right? You're just mad because my father took over the whole operation. Look, I know that we're making more now in a week than we used to make in a month, but I'm worried about the attention we're attracting. And most of all, I'm worried about your father. He's changed. I can't put my finger on it, but he's different somehow. And then Al walks in. I mean, I don't even know how to describe what he's wearing. And he is just acting complete. Pimp is the first word that comes to mind whenever I see him. <laughs> What's the word? Pimp. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Let it be noted the stars say I'm handsomer than yesterday. <laughs> Let's get those phones going. Once the lines lit, once see people fleeced. Come on, my little fortune cookies. Daddy needs a new pair of everything. <laughs> How we doing? Well, everything's fine except for the west side. That's okay, because the west side is Madame Inga's turf, <laughs> and you don't want to mess with Madame Inga. Damn Madame Inga and her army of psychic Swedes. <laughs> I want the west side, I have the west side. I have all sides. Inside, outside, east side, west side. Matter of fact, I'll have a hamburger with a side of onion rings, paid for by the pensions of old ladies. Can I get a woe stealing old ladies' pensions? <laughs> whoa, stealing old ladies' So he called together the heads of the Chicago's uh, five psychic families. And then from there on, it is, is, it's a huge, it's a Godfather 2 all over the place. Um, right. Uh, from this point on in the show, it's like, because you've got the, the families, they even quote some of the stuff, uh, some lines from the movie. Um, and I wonder why, because it's not like that was a, a current thing at the time. Godfather. Oh, maybe that's why he said 1972, because Godfather 2 came out in 1972. Huh. No, or was that Godfather 1? Oh, yeah, The Godfather came out in 1972. But either way, and but they also did some stuff from The Godfather. Well, because, yeah, the whole meeting of the five families was in the original Godfather, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's why he said 1972 for the TV guy. Like, I don't know, just a... Yeah, just a tie-in somehow. Or maybe that was just in Al's head, maybe. Maybe he was... Spo- and, you know, they don't... Al's fumbled lines before, and they don't, like, redo them. So maybe they just said, eh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, that could actually could explain why it was in his head. Or if he just threw out a random number, maybe that was why the, the number was, that was the number he threw out. I can't believe your father has called together the heads of Chicago's five psychic families. <laughs> I think the greed has finally sent him into insanity. 
don't talk about family business in front of strangers. My father knows what he's doing. Silence. Put your hands together for the Sultan of Psychics, the King of Clairvoyance, the Pharaoh of Fraud. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, let's give him a big welcome, folks. He's my daddy, Al, Madam Zelda Bundy. And then um, one of the guys says, we're bigger than U.S. Steel, which I think was from Godfather 2. Right. Uh, like where Jefferson is all like, oh, we shouldn't do this. You know, we're going to get we're going to get caught. Yeah. Jefferson plays the part of Mike Corleone because he has his concerns. He's not sure about this. And, you know, Al is just has this unrestrained optimism that all the mob bosses had. But in this one, um, the mob bosses or the psychic bosses didn't really have that same optimism. They were just sort of there and weird. It was just really strange. They all had their lines, and I didn't laugh at any of them, but I guess you had to know all of them. I'd like to introduce now the king of the Ouija boards on the south side, (laughs) Big Bob Farouk. My friends call me Huggy. And the man who controls the palms on our North Shore, Zelmo the Toad. I can kill with my tongue. <laughs> the man who controls the crystals in the loop, Mad Thursday Markowitz. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. <laughs> and King of the Tarot, who came all the way from southern Wisconsin, Hack Bar the Beast. I'll pay in any car for 1995. <laughs> And last but not least, although by far the ugliest and hairiest, the virtuoso of the crystal ball, Madaminga. The spirits tell me you have not bathed today. <laughs> or yesterday. Please, you could have heard that anywhere. Oh, uh, well, there's the Pantene thing the guy says, where he's like, don't hate me because I'm beautiful and... Kelly LeBrock was famous for doing those commercials in the was it the eighties? Yeah, I remember her saying that too. Yeah, well, there were it was a really popular line of commercials, and she was always like, "Don't uh, don't hate me because I'm beautiful." And did you guys have Earl Scheib, the uh, chain of auto repair shops? No, no. They uh, did collision damage. Apparently, they were in 23 states from 1937 until 2010, and that's where the I'll Paint Any Car for 1995 is from. Not the year 1995, but I'll Paint Any Car for 1995 was their, like, slogan. Like $19.95? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why they went out of business. <laughs> right? Um, but I believe we did have them. Like, I, that, it, it definitely sounds familiar to me. I, I remember Uh Oh, Better Get Mako or something like that. Well, that's, yeah, for sure. Yeah. They weren't but, 1995. And, but they also did a really crappy job. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Friends and charlatans, our city is divided like a pizza with five different toppings. The only thing holding it together in a cohesive unit is the cheese. Daddy, the crust, too. Leave Daddy alone, sweetheart. He's kingpinning. <laughs> so, what I'm trying to tell you is, 
We shouldn't be fighting each other like jackals, but instead come together under a benevolent cheese. I am that cheese. Oh, Al, the cutest thing just happened. Here comes the anchovy no one wants to touch. <laughs> what is it, Peg? Honey, I got the sweetest letter. This lady that I picked a lucky number for just won $12 at bingo. Do you know what this means? That in a room full of loons, you still manage to stand out? <laughs> no. It means I really do have a gift. Oh, Al, I've been touched. Certainly not by me. <laughs> Peg interrupts this whole meeting with nonsense for absolutely no reason. I don't even get it. Like, And I had no idea why... It was in and why Al's even entertaining her, but whatever. So um, Inga doesn't want in. So what I'd like to do is form a lean, mean, psychic machine with me as your leader for a mere fifty percent. Are you with me? This is ridiculous. I share nothing with you, you psychicless shoe salesman. My gift is real, and so is my curse. Oh, oh, oh! Help me, save me, Peg. Before the hairs on her very lip reach out and strangle me like the mighty octopus. I'll ask my spirits what to do. You do that, baby. In the meantime, Inga, baby, doll, crone. Now, this is not an order, but a mere suggestion. If you don't want in, then you're free to leave. And she forgot her crystal ball, which is like, God. I mean, I forget my, like, wallet sometimes when I get in my car for work in the morning but how do you forget a gigantic crystal ball is the only thing you brought and it's right in front of you while you're sitting there but okay she just left it there um al points it out and he walks it over to her and he deliberately drops it right in front of her uh inga you uh forgot something oh oops <laughs> it slipped <laughs> and that was badass too so that was cool normally when you um that's really yeah normally when you refuse like if you're at a table like that and a mob boss is trying to get different groups of like you know gangsters mobsters whatever together to join forces because they could do better if they were together if somebody refuses they usually go well hey listen no hard feelings thanks for coming by and then when you get in your car your car explodes <laughs> In this one, Al just bust your crystal ball. So that's pretty... It seems kind of like a jerk move. Oh, it is. You will pay for busting my ball. <laughs> May you... It's too late. <laughs> May your wife... No sense in that. <laughs> May your children... <laughs> Oh, well, I'll think of something. But cursed you shall be. This I vow. Bippity-boppity-boo. She vows to curse them, even though she can't think of any way to do it, because they're all so bad off already. That was incredible. Oh, when they pan through everybody, man. Oh, my God. You know, she's a real psychic. She should have seen all that coming. That this was going to happen with Al and all that stuff. Right. She should have never went there. Yep. I dated a girl, like, a year years ago who was into, like, 
trying to be a sidekick and <laughs> Reiki and all that stuff. And if she's really good, she'll know that I'm running my mouth about her right now. But um, I don't think she was that good a sidekick. Like, in fact, she <laughs> she was like six or seven months pregnant, like very, very pregnant and had no idea about it. Oh, my and, God. <laughs> and this is my psychic? Yeah, and she and she was like, I mean, and trying to sell herself as a sidekick and like doing reiki or uh, reiki and stuff all over it, like, wow, yeah, and like, yeah, and reiki is like a thing where they just wave their hands over you and like speak in tongues and stuff like that. Because I remember when she was getting into, she was like, oh yeah, I'll give you a reiki treatment. I thought it was like going to be a massage, which I don't normally get to get massages so i was all amped up about it <laughs> and so like she lays me on this table and is putting like rocks all over my stomach and crap and like you're like where are we going with this I, yeah i'm like what's happening here and like i'm laying there for all of like 20 minutes before i like peek my eyes open and she's just waving her hands over me and wow <laughs> it's almost like what steve rhodes did to the bundies in the last episode where he put a curse on them from the uh what was it jamie that oh 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 the Utes? Utes, yeah. <laughs> I think she thought she had the Miyagi touch. Yeah. Yeah, she went. <laughs> <laughs> medic! Med- yeah, medic! <laughs> that was so funny when he did that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I always made a joke about that Al wouldn't even notice if somebody suddenly put a curse on him. You know, it's kind of redundant. Yep. No way not to notice this one, though. Yeah, this one, yeah, yeah, this one you notice. Um... Anyone else want out? Good. Then it's settled. Kelly? (laughs) It's rolling in. Curse my hiney. (laughs) Can you imagine people in this day and age still believe that mumbo-jumbo? (laughs) <laughs> he thinks the threat is nonsense the rest of the family however is warding off evil spirits or something with crosses a box of lucky charms <laughs> uh something bud was throwing around i don't it was he, had a horse. he was putting salt in his hand and tossing it over his left shoulder oh, okay i think he had a horseshoe at one point too a horseshoe a rabbit's foot but i love that kelly had the lucky charms they're magically uh, delicious they're uh, magically delicious the magically delicious. I also appreciate the fact that it looks like in the last 25 or 6 or however many years it is, uh, that the Lucky Charms box hasn't really changed that much. No. <laughs> I like that, though. I hate it when I companies change change yeah. things. I, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. Like when, when Mountain Dew changed uh, to a thing and it says Mitten Dew now. Yeah. Like, like or K- or Kentucky Fried Chicken went to KFC. Oh, I was so mad. Um, tried to do just the hut, which is stupid. Radio Shack was the shack. I'm like, get out of here. Have um, you seen that? Apparently, Pizza Hut is switching back to all yes, of their original yes. stuff. I'm so excited, and I'm really hoping Burger King follows suit. I want Taco Bell to follow suit. Oh yeah, I yes. want Pepsi to follow suit. I just don't like new logos. I I like the classic stuff, and yep. to me, as a brand. I, it just seems to me like you'd want that for brand recognition. Like this is your thing. Like you'd want, and I. But I guess there's that whole. You know, we got to keep up yeah, with it. We're time. new and edgy, yeah. But yeah. I, I 
honestly, I prefer I it makes me happy when I see a company that has stuck with the same logo, you know, right? because it's nostalgic, you know. It gives you like warm fuzzies to see something that you love that looks the way it did your whole life. Oh, Jamie, did you see the new additions we're putting on our show's banner, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> there there was something at the store that I bought last night and like I'm such a like the, whoever does this the marketing and decides to put nostalgic stuff on something, like I'm their customer. Me too. Because because like I seen something last night and I even said to my girlfriend, well, obviously I'm going to buy this because it's, it's got a Ninja turtle on it. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a Ninja turtle on it or it has nostalgic (laughs) packaging or Or, uh, Doritos did the Doritos. That's, that's what it was. It was Doritos. Uh, Yeah. See where it had like the window and then, and then the yellow and orange. Oh yeah. Remember that one? They did it again. I, we bought some cool ranch ones last night that looked just like it did when I was a kid. Oh my, I have to go get them now. Awesome. See, yeah, exactly. It, I'm I'm the person who will buy that just for that reason. I mean, I love Cool Ranch Doritos anyway. Like, that's my favorite flavor. So if I was buying Doritos, I would buy that. For the record, my favorite uh, flavor of uh, Doritos is spicy nacho. That's the best. Oh, totally. That, that, yeah, I love my sp- well, you, you you know what I noticed that I liked? Kelly's legs in that miniskirt. <laughs> Back on track. Now, as soon as I notice Kelly's uh, thighs and stuff, Bud has to kill it by mentioning how she's going to have really thick thighs as a waitress one day. And I'm like, Bud, really? Yeah, it made me happy I'm not a waitress anymore. <laughs> I'll tell you <laughs> so- what. Kelly's burn was so legit and so well set up. What if her powers are real? What if she turns one of us into a frog? <laughs> and then when she looked at Bud and was and like, screamed. screamed. Like, <laughs> that was so clever, I thought. I was like, man, for Kelly, that's pretty good. That's the only time she uses her brain, I think. Yep. Is when she's ripping on Bud. I mean, that's her most clever stuff. Everything else seems stupid. hate me because I'm beautiful. This is my hair in the morning. So I wash it, just like you, and blow it dry, just like you. So how come my hair looks great despite all this? I discovered Pantene. Pantene's pro-vitamin B5 complex penetrates your hair to give it inner strength so it's healthier, stronger. And it's always beautiful, just like mine. Pantene shampoos and conditioners, serious care for beautiful hair. Well, words out on the street. Madame Inga has called together all the dark forces of Sweden against you. What's going to happen? I wake up one morning owning a Volvo? And to, to me, that ties into Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead when she's, you know, complaining to Kenny about how she's like, and then I have to sit in rush hour traffic in a Volvo while everyone else goes to the beach and all that stuff. So I always remembered that. And we always said that she should have said a dodge to tie into marriage with children. So I'm just doing my own little lame tie-in. Spend the rest of my life as a skier? Or worse, wake up one morning next to a long-legged Nordic beauty with big honkers? Oh, Al never said honkers before. I think that was like a nice callback to Rites of Passage when him and Butter on the couch, he goes, okay. 
Now, now, don't say anything, you know, because they're going to the nudie bar. And then he just goes, honk, honk. Oh, yeah. Well, it was just a few episodes back. Yeah. But this writer had nothing to do with it. But I wonder if he saw that one and just kept the honk in mind, you know? Yeah, well, I- I'm pulling out because anyone around you is going to get it. We're all going to walk the earth forever as undead masseuses. <laughs> Thank your father, kids. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> now, that is a... I guess what she's saying is, could you imagine being a masseuse your whole life or, you know, forever? And that does seem like absolute misery. Like, you know, you go to a masseuse and they do it, but you don't think about that person really. So when you think about somebody being a masseuse, you're like, oh my God, you got to sit there and do that over and over and over and over to complete strangers who might have zits on their back or whatever the hell. Oh God. Why? Why would you? Or say really, that? like curly hair on their back? Oh, like imagine what you have to really deal with. You know, I never considered that. I actually considered being a masseuse for a long time, hmm. just because I like doing it. But I never thought about those aspects. And now I'm like, oh God, thank God I didn't do it. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? How many times do you come whining to me? Why can't we have a summer home like the Murphys? Why can't we have a boat like the Johnsons? Why can't we have heat like cavemen? <laughs> well, now that you're up to your little heinies and TV guides and daddy's bringing home the bacon, now what do I hear? Oh, somebody put a curse on us. Oh, let's blame daddy. <laughs> well, there's no such thing as curses. This is the 20th century, people. There's no such thing as curses. Flip to... <laughs> Al and the family on the couch as chimps. So that was the curse. Um, <laughs> they're they're talking, and you know they did the best they can for a TV sitcom. Um, they're you know they try to capture them when their lips are moving and edit that into the speaking parts, I guess. Um, so they're all talking, and then you get a nice uh, thank your father, kids. Thanks, dad. Which we didn't get in a long time. Mm-hmm. And then didn't they do it twice in this episode? Yeah, yep. Yeah, and I always felt that was like a real staple of the show, and I was, and that's why I put it in our intro. And I, I feel like God. I mean, are they going to say this again or what? And they, they finally did, twice. Well, Al, once again, you've enriched our lives. Thank your father, kids. Thanks, Dad. Hey, we sent Ingo all our money against my wishes, by the way. And the curse should be lifted soon. If, in fact, there is such a thing as a curse. Dad, what if she never got the money? Buck has never let us down before. He won't let us down now. Uh, Al, are you forgetting the episode Buck Saves the Day? (laughs) When you all went camping and Steve Rhodes was dying? Remember, he was, like, hallucinating because he was bitten by... Yep. Like a hundred bees, he had mud on his tongue, poison oak was in his mouth, all this stuff. And then they gave Buck a note, because they flipped the van and all that. And they gave Buck a note, and he went all the way to the house, and when he brought it to them, Peg and Kelly went to get the note out of his mouth, and he growled at them and wouldn't let them have it. So, yeah, Buck let you down before, Al. I guess you forgot about that. Then we get a nice treat. Buck comes in the house, and it's the guy who voices Buck, Kevin Curran. Mm-hmm. Here he comes now. How you doing, Buck? Did you did you send the money, boy? Well, I had to use it for bail. No one bothered to tell me that when humans meet a girl, it's considered impolite to sniff her butt. 
Damn, Doug. He's a producer and writer for the show, and he does Buck's voice, except for that weird Cheech and Chong episode <laughs> where Cheech did the voice. So he comes in as a human, and it's really cool, right? Looking the epitome of 1992. Yep. Like, that dude is dressed so 1992. Like, I don't know. Everything about him when he walks in, it just is very indicative of the time period. His hair, his glasses, his suit. Well, I guess we're monkeys. Yeah, big difference. (laughs) So they kind of just, they owned it. They said, well, this is my life now. And they're okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I squeezed that in there. Oh, yeah, you and, did. And, and Get on those chimps, too. They're, they're, like, the one with the Peggy one was, yeah. like, fixed its wig at some point. And <laughs> I, to me, I don't know, that was that was just very endearing to me that it was, like, fixing its wig. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, you're, you know what you're doing. Like, it didn't pull it off or, you know. Right. They were good actors. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> These were really well-trained monkeys. You know, at the time, were because I remember in the '90s, and it seemed like it was a little more mid to late '90s. Like the monkey thing was really popular. Yeah, because I remember on like TBS or the Superstation or whatever at the time, like when it would go on commercials. They had, like, for movies or this or TV shows or that, they would have these monkey things where they'd have monkeys reenact famous scenes from movies. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I remember that. Yeah, they were popping back then, man. I mean, that was, like, the dinner and the movie things they did that with on those commercials. But, um, but yeah, the monkey thing was, like, really popular at that time. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, fit right in. They This, this show was really current. Mm-hmm. They always did that type of stuff. You know, they, they kept current. They stayed edgy. It was... I, I commend them. Um, they really made an effort in that way. Presumably, Buck showed up for court, as bail money is refunded unless one fails to appear in court. Since the bunnies are shown once again as humans in future episodes, it can be implied that the curse was broken. So don't worry, we kept this grounded, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is real life. Now, I'm so glad we know how they were not chimps in the next episode, because they would have to change the name of the show. It would just be awkward. Uh, That's just life, man. Okay, and uh, during the credits, instead of having the still shot of Pal and Egg, I mean, Pag and, Pag and Al. I mean, Pag and Al. Pag and What the? What the? Al and Peg on the couch. Who wrote they this? have. They have. The- <laughs> <laughs> They have the monkey versions, or you know, and I keep—they're apes. Chimpanzees are apes, but <laughs> like <laughs> monkey. The, they have the versions of them like moving around, and they kiss each other. So I guess the curse must have bro- brought them closer together. Well, see, I watched this on Hulu, not even my DVD this time, because it's, it's just been easier lately to access. And I wonder if I'm messing up. I wonder if I hope Hulu's uncut. I might have to just keep watching my... Because I know the Mill Creek ones are uncut for sure. So I wonder if I should really make a point to put my DVDs in. But I have been lazy and watching it on Hulu lately. But on Hulu, they were not moving around during the credits. It was a still shot of Alan Pegg's chimps going to kiss each other. They're like an inch away from kissing. Well, if you notice, the last cut, right before they get to credits, when they show all of them on the couch, it looks like Bud is humping a pillow. Uh-huh. And I wonder if they did that on purpose. 
Like, look at all that oh, again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one turned to the side, and it's he has like a pillow between his legs or something like that. Is he wearing a shirt that goes with nothing to do? <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to come back and rate this, but before we do, we want to thank our patrons of the show. We have 21 in total, Jamie, believe it or not. Wow. Yep. I love you guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Wow, 21, and plus more than that, in the past. So, like, 35 people altogether really cared enough about this show and appreciated it and all this stuff and and didn't just blow us off. And they're like, yeah, man, listen, you know, you guys gave us a lot of content. You brought back a show that was dead in the water. You know, as much as anyone can yeah. bring. Yeah. They they spend an hour listening to our show. Yeah. And hell yeah. Don't say that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What a maniac. <laughs> he, I love how he thinks that we're going to sit here and just read off facts and trivia. Because, yeah, <laughs> that's a really entertaining podcast because you just can't go do that yourself, right? Well, apparently you can, and he, he will happily tell you how. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna give a shout out we always try to give shout outs now listen if there's any patrons of our show that we didn't shout your name out even if you donated a dollar in the past just shoot us a message in any way shape or form uh let us know we didn't shout your name out and we will um i'm, I'm always weird if people want their whole names out on shows i mean i know it wouldn't make a difference but um so i didn't do it to some but i guess it doesn't matter right so uh here's some of our newest patrons we have Aaron Duncan, and he's a, a frequent guest on our show, so that was really yeah, nice. A very good friend of the show. Yeah, good friend in general, period. Yeah, Chris Gunter, he is a huge... <clears throat> this guy is amazing. Um, he literally f- discovered our show, I'd say like four months ago, five months ago, and he went <laughs> and listened to every single show. I think he's... I feel. I think it was the one where they were like digging for gold or whatever. Okay, good. So I was going to say, is he at the part where I'm on the show yet? Because I don't want him to get there and then end up being disappointed. <laughs> no, he's already disappointed. No, just kidding. So, <laughs> no, um, he he went back and listened to every single show on YouTube. You know, you can hear our shows plenty of ways, but a lot of people like YouTube. So he does this. He gives in-depth feedback and reviews of each and every podcast. You could go through our whole YouTube channel and just go to each show just to look at his comments. Each each one is like a 30-second, 45-second read. Wow. Oh, yeah. I know that he's incredibly supportive on the group page. Yep. And he was asking about where to leave reviews for us, which is just incredibly nice. That means so much. Since he did that, it went from 17 to 25 reviews. Wow. Yes. He, he gave, because he did that, we got eight more reviews on um, Apple Podcast app. So that's huge. Because the more five-star ratings we get, people, when they type in Marrow Children, our show, show will pop up first. So you have to keep rating us on iTunes. Every time you listen to a show on YouTube, click like. Because that also generates, it keeps putting things up, it keeps pushing them up and up and up in relevant. If we have no likes, we're irrelevant. Right, it bumps the algorithm. Yeah, the algorithm is so bad if you guys don't just click a simple like. So yeah, more patrons, Lance Taylor, John Matz, 
Egal Tabernick, and Don Roberts. Uh, thank you guys. You rock. That's huge. That is that means so much. I'm so incredibly grateful for everyone. It just it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. It really does. All right. How many TV guides are you buying this week with your psychic scam money out of five for this episode, Jamie? <laughs> this is a weird one. Now, while they have a lot of references that I appreciate and the, a lot of the jokes are funny and it just seems a little off the wall, like it comes out of nowhere and it doesn't really do anything. It's just weird um, with the whole chimpanzee thing at the end. It's just so random. But that's kind of why I really like this one is it just it feels the whole thing feels out of left field. Right. So, I, I mean, it just, I don't know, doesn't it feel like a random thing? They just plopped right down. Um, mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but It's like, what scenario could we create today that is just funny? Oh, I got one. That's it. Yeah, and, it's, and that's it. It was funny. You know, it's not one of my favorites of the season, but it definitely is solid joke-wise. Uh, so I'm going to say I'm going to buy four TV guides. Nice. Four out of five. Aaron, how many TV guides are you buying this week with your psychic scam money out of five for this episode? After talking about it with you guys, it bumped my score up a little bit because I watched the episode last night and then watched it again to take notes. And by the end of it, I was like, I don't really know how I feel about it. The show's got it's got some really good moments, some good one liners, some good jokes we can make from it. So I feel I like it. I don't like it a lot. I'm going to go three out of five. All right. He likes it. I'm going to go 3.5 out of five TV guides uh, this week with my psychic scam money. Yeah, it's just one of those. It's just an episode of a show. It's a, and But the thing is, I think what I really like about it is everyone's performances. I think everybody gave a really good performance, and I'd like to highlight Jefferson uh, as being the best uh, of anyone here. That's true. Yeah. I mean, everything he delivered was really good, even his ADR lines. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a big Jefferson guy, so yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Like, even when he was showing concern, even when he said there's just something different about Al, I can't put, I can't put my finger on it. Like, all... Everything he did was really good, you know? His reaction, him telling Al about what he's doing, him reacting to Al cutting in, then his reactions to the family cutting in. He had great lines, too, like the 79 cents to pay off your house. Uh, We missed Marcy in this episode, but uh, Jefferson carried it through as if she, you know, was not missed. I wasn't thrilled about, like, anything about the five families coming together. I didn't think any of the lines were funny when they introduced all those guys. Uh, I know that they're all references, but why is that funny? And uh, the ending was uh, good. It was an interesting, interesting uh, job. And I really loved Buck being a human being at the end. That was really cool. So, you know, uh, I think those things really keep it afloat as far as the ratings go. So it's almost a four to me. I almost really like it. So tune in two weeks from tonight as we review... High IQ. The Bundys are dumbfounded when Kelly is asked to join a group of geniuses. Hmm. Now, what's so weird about that? 